Good morning, my lovelies. I hope you had a most wonderful weekend, most wonderful week. And I hope that you have a most amazing week going forward. I'm coming to you from Bliss again. I'm sure you've noticed the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week I came to you from Rope. Week before that came to you from Group. Um, so I'm back in Bliss. The story behind those, it, the story behind that is this. So I um, have been purging, right? Um, my children have moved out. So now all of these things that I have amassed that I don't necessarily really need anymore or things that I have outgrown, right? I'm going through the closets and the storage space and stuff like that. Um, I am now boxing up and getting rid of, right? So I found myself um, piling that stuff up in bliss, you know, a bit of an organized mess, right? Um, and I guess I kind of really didn't um, notice it, right? Uh, until uh, two of my kindred sisters came over during the storm a couple of weeks ago. Side note, kindred sisters, you're going to hear me say, um, I was not blessed with biological sisters. <laughs> so um, the women in my life, uh, are my kindred sisters. Now my friend pool, not very big, right? Um, I like it that way. I do like it that way. Uh, because I've mentioned before, I only allow people in my life who can be just as authentic with me as they are with themselves. So if you're not authentic with yourself, you can't be authentic with me. And I, <laughs> in case you guys have noticed, have a flair for the dramatic, right? So in my storytelling and just in, in my everyday, right? So sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I need to be taken back a thousand notches. And yes, a thousand, because I go whew, all the way there. <laughs> when I'm going, I'm going. So you need to be able to, you know, snatch me back respectably, um, respectfully, excuse me. And, um, and say, all right, all right, let's, let's, let's take it down. Let's take it down. You know, but that requires you to be authentic with yourself to do that. So the women in my life, some of them are friends, you know, some of them I'm related to. Um, I call them my kindred sisters. There's not a lot of them, but when I need something and I, you know, anything, you know, just an ear, anything, these are the women I go to. So two of them came over during the storm, you know, kind of wait out the storm and, you know, we can sit and rope and, and do what you do and rope, positively engage, right? Um, one of them has never been here before, so I wanted to show her around. And this bliss room that I'm always talking about, I wanted her to see it, right, you know, in real life. And I opened the door and... Stuff on stuff on stuff, you know. I like to think it's organized, an organized mess, right? An organized pile, but in actuality, there should be no organized mess of anything, especially in this room, right? So I felt some type of way. She's like, "Oh, it looks good. The colors are nice," and I was like, "Although, you know, yes, I wanted that compliment because, you know, this color, I'm loving it, right? You can't really see the full effect of the room." And feel the full energy that I feel when I'm talk that I exude when I'm talking about it, when it's piled with stuff that needs to go, 
it's piled with things that are no longer needed, right? The purging out of my life, right? So um, I had to clean this up because I allowed this room to shoulder physically the things that it didn't need to be shouldering, right? So it's kind of like what is what was going on in my life. So the title, right, of my um of today's podcast is about, you know, physical shoulders and spiritual shoulders, right? So I have this routine. I go to the gym about 5 days a week, right? And every day I focus on a different body part, right? So one day is chest day. Uh, another day is back and glutes. Side note, ladies, um, we don't just have to do squats in the gym. If I see another woman come in every day and all she does is squats, I'm going to lose my mind. Right? <laughs> you know, you got to work that back. You want that snatched waist? That's what you're looking for. You know, you want that junk in the trunk? That's what you're looking for. You can do them squats, but work that back out. Work the back out. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's how you get that way smaller. Help to get that way smaller in. Something, something has to hold up that junk in the trunk. I'm just, just putting that out there, ladies. You know, you can pick it up if you want to. <laughs> um, but again, one day is chest day. One day is back and glutes. One day is biceps, triceps. Another day is legs. You know, I got to put, I love these legs. Love these legs, right? So, you know, they got to get love, just them, love for a day, right? And then there's shoulder day. (laughs) Shoulder day used to be my least favorite day. Why? Because when I started this journey about two years ago, um, I couldn't do squat with these shoulders. I mean, they were the weakest part of my body and didn't know that, right? Until I started actually working out just my shoulders, you know, dedicating a day for that. And now, now I can, you know, lift a lot more than, um, I was able to, but I got to tell you two years ago, <laughs> It was kind of pathetic. I used to literally get up and, you know, and cry before I went to the gym because I was like, I'm not looking forward to this at all. Um, so this week I found myself um, dealing with a situation, right? And um, I found myself saying to myself, I wish that my spiritual shoulders were as weak as my physical shoulders, right? Now, it, it, it comes from, I believe, you know, my daughter has this, this word she always likes to use. Um, so shout out to her. Uh, the narrative that is put on women from birth the day that you come out and they go it's a girl you already have weight on your shoulders there's an expectation of us to be able to 
do all, see all, be all. But not necessarily get credit for all. <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. You know, I'm not even going to touch that today. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see, you know, by the end of this. Um, we are taught from a young age, you know, we need to be great housekeepers and house cleaners and the doctors and the chauffeurs and the vets and the chef and the accountant and the teacher's assistant and the personal assistant of our families, the matriarch of our families, especially in the African-American and Hispanic communities. There has to be, there has to be a, a matriarch in your family. Even if there's not a patriarch, there has to be, there has to be a matriarch, you know, and if the matriarch passes, the next person, the next generation, step up, you, you are the matriarch of the family. You designated that because there's an expectation of that. Because although boys, boys are taught that they are the strongest gender, Mind you, they're taught that their physical shoulders have to be strong. And they're taught that they need to know, uh, they need to bring in the bacon. You need to make sure you get a good job and make sure those shoulders are strong. Because you got to move stuff. You got to move stuff in your house. That's, your, that's their job, to move stuff in the house. To open up jars. <laughs> you know? But our job is everything else. We can go to the same college that they do graduate with the same degree. And the question that will be asked after, you know, uh, they graduate is, you know, what jobs they have lined up for us. It's, you know, well, what are your plans? You know, uh, you looking to get married, have kids, you know, things like that. And it's like, Oh, oh, I can't get a job too. Oh yeah. You can get a job, but you know, his job is what sustains the family. Yours, you know, you can bring in some extra money as long as it doesn't take away from the family. Meaning being the chauffeur, the chef, the housekeeper, the personal assistant, teacher's assistant, the doctor when they get a boo-boo, you know. As long as it doesn't take away from that. You're good. You're good. You know, so it's it's difficult to not perpetuate that because women we perpetuate it too right we you know if you see another woman you feel is not holding up her and oh i mean you know she doesn't let that slip you know you're judging right so it's not just men who do it we do it we we teach our daughters that they have to be mentally and spiritually strong you know um or else the family will come unglued (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's, it's tiresome. It is tiresome. You know, um, I don't necessarily, it's not that it's not the shouldering of things that, that bothers me per se, because I do have strong spiritual shoulders, you know, and they do get strong, like my physical shoulders, you know, that now are able to lift more weight. And it's actually not my least favorite day anymore. It's actually one of my favorite days because I conquered that fear and I got through all of that. And once I started accomplishing, you know, the more weight and being able to do it, 
I, I looked forward to it because I looked forward to the challenge, right, that it brought. And I love the fact that, you know, I was growing in that aspect, right? So it's not necessarily the, um, what is put on my shoulders that is my problem. My problem is the expectation that it's okay for you to just put it there, even without asking. The expectation that I will still do it regardless because that's what women do. You know, your kid has a homework assignment that was given to him a month ago and two days before it's due, mom, I need art supplies to finish this, to do this project, not even finish it. And now mom is expected to sit up all night, you know, and do this. I made a volcano once. I was like, I have a job. (laughs) This volcano definitely could have been made, you know, three weeks ago, or it could have been made within three weeks, the three weeks that the project was assigned as opposed to two days before, you know, um, but we have, there's an expectation that, mom, you can't let me down. I, I can't fail. You know, so now we run out and we do this. We run out and take care of this. We run out and, you know, stay at home moms. I just stay at home mom thing really, it, it's, it's a bad phrase because I have a, a, a kindred sister who every time she calls me, she's in her car. She ain't, she's never home because she is running around doing everything. She gets up early. She, you know, walks and feeds the pets that they have. These kids wanted the pets, but she walks and feeds the pets that they have. She has to come back and make breakfast and pack lunches and then take the kids to school. And then, you know, after that, go to the supermarket because she couldn't take Malik with her to the supermarket. She can't do that when she has him with her because, well... You know, Malik thinks he is the next Usain Bolt. And if you take your eye off of him, he is literally bolting through the store. Now I have to spend, you know, my time, extra time running after him and still shopping. And I got to get these paper towels off the top rack. But if I take my eye off of Malik, you know, disaster is going to happen. So I have to have the ability to leap up and grab these paper towels and grab the back of Malik's sweater at the same time because he's noticed mom's not paying attention for half a second. You know, then, oh my God, Sally left her uh, project at home. This daggone volcano, right? (laughs) And now I got to go back home, get the volcano, bring it to school because Sally can't get a zero. What kind of mom would I be if she got a zero, right? Then I got to, you know, now go to the post office because my mother-in-law was like, are you going to mail this package finally for me? I'm not throwing shade, but I'm just saying it's been three days. So now I got to go to the post office because apparently my mother-in-law thinks that I do nothing all day, right? Um, So I got to squeeze that in so I don't get another phone call from her. You know, now I got to run. Then Now I got to go home, prep dinner, go back, pick up the kids drop this one off to piano lesson, drop this one off to soccer lesson, drop this one off to karate, you know, that next week they're not even going to do anymore, but it's okay. Cause I got to, I, as a mom, as a woman have to cultivate all these things for my kids, you know, because it just would be wrong for me to not right. Go back, come back home, make dinner, go back and pick them up, come back, have dinner, do homework, 
get them ready for bed or make sure they get ready for bed and then prep for the day for tomorrow. All of this now, my husband is like, hey, so take some quality time, babe. And I'm like, in my head, I ain't got time for this, right? But as a woman, I got to figure that out, right? Because <laughs> this is what we're taught to do to figure it out. We are, I find that, you know, especially within African-American community and Latino community, we have the stigma that, you know, we are bad with finances, right? One of the things that we're not necessarily taught, but we are taught, right? So we're taught that we need to, we might be bad with managing our own money, but we need to know how to manage his money, you know, because that's what sustains the house. We can only deal with the things that sustain the group, that holds the group together, the family together, because you're taught at a young age, your shoulders are not your own. And that's the part that gets very tiresome for me. Because when you get to this point where (laughs) you're an empty nester, right? You start to look back and realize that most of the things that you did in your life was to make sure everyone else was good. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, when my last kid moved out, is where I guess my life began. And I'm a grown woman now. (laughs) Like, you know, we were never taught to live our lives for ourselves. And that's wrong. That's wrong. We were never taught to cultivate our wants, our needs, you know, our likes, our hobbies. They're put to the side because, I mean, it takes away time from the family. In in that time, and it takes away shoulder time, shoulder space, because you got to shoulder your own stuff too. You know, you got to now put that in the in the closet, in the same closet that I'm now emptying out and packing in bags and leaving in bliss, right? Um, You got to pack that in there because there's no room for that on your shoulders. And that narrative sucks. It sucks. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being the nucleus of your family. Some people are just born to be. That's just the way it is. That that's your that's your strong suit and that's fine. But some people it's not necessarily their strong suit. But because you're a woman, you gotta figure out how to make it your strong suit. You know, when you might have a partner and that might be their strong suit. That's the whole thing about partners. I'm not a big believer in I'm a big believer in partners. I am, you know, husband and wives and boyfriend and girlfriends all fall in the same category to me because I know some people who've been married for 30 years and they are not partners. I know some people who are not married at all and they are extreme partners. I mean, like they were born to be together. You know, they are two whole people who came together 
and was like, all right, let's take over the world. Those are partners. Those are partners. You know, so I feel like when you give the narrative of women, this is a woman's role and this is a man's role, you know, the men are expected to have physically strong shoulders because they got to move stuff. And women are expected to have spiritual strong shoulders because they got to hold up everything, everything else, right? I think you, you, you send off the wrong message to our youth. You know, it's wrong for a man to express his feelings because, well, that's feminine. And it's not because if you can't express your feelings, I don't even want to be bothered with you because all that does is pile more crap (laughs) on my shoulders. Now, again, some of the things on my shoulders, they're supposed to be there, right? Um, That's my part in in the family. That's my part as a partner to, to shoulder. It's the crap I don't want to shoulder. You know, I'm again, you know, I'm working on my cursing because, you know, I definitely don't want to use the word crap. Right. <laughs> but um, that's the part that I have a problem with. And the expectation for me to just do it anyway. We as women have to be the one to stop that narrative. We have to take control back of that narrative and say, look, 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 this is your responsibility. You need to do that. Husband of mine, it's your night to do the dishes. It's your night to cook. It is your day, your day to show for these kids. And, oh, Sally left her volcano. Well, I guess it's Tuesday. It's your day to have to go do that. And your mama's package needs to be mailed out too. You know, so we have to start doing that. Obviously in a respectful way, right? Because if you've been shouldering everything for so long, you know, no, and not saying anything, no one thinks, you know, when you decide to say something, everyone's like, well, I didn't know this was a problem because you never expressed it was a problem. That's another thing we have a problem with. You know, we will take it all, take it all, take it all, and then explode. Again, you know, my favorite thing, there is no magic conch. Nobody knows what you're thinking. So you have to communicate that. And you have to do it respectfully if you want progress to be done, right? If you want, you know, growth to be made, you know, my thing on change, right? If you want growth to be made within your nucleus, within your group, right? You have to express that. I'm not feeling this. My shoulders are kind of heavy today. I'm going to need you to help me with that. Or I'm going to need you to shoulder your own stuff today. Thank you. You know, I have learned where when people say, hey, can you do me a favor? Right. You gave me an option when you said, can you do me a favor? Yes or no. Now, when I say yes, you never ask me. So why? Why would you say yes? Why can you do it? That's pretty much the end of it. I said yes. And the conversation is over. But when I say no. Folks tend to give you a why not. So I stopped giving excuses, right? Um, Just to placate people. Um, I say, because I don't want to. That's it. When I said yes, it was because I wanted to. 
So when I say no, it's because I don't want to. And I don't have to give a reason or an excuse of why. My shoulders have enough right now. There is no space to hold what it is you need me to hold. And the only way for there to be space is for me to take my personal stuff off, some of my personal stuff off, and put it in the closet for now. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So when I have the space to do that, if that time comes, maybe my answer will change to yes. But for now, that's a negative. I cannot help you with that. Because I no longer, I no longer take my stuff and put it on the shelf. Take my wants, my needs, um, my desires, and put it on a shelf just to appease everybody else in the world simply because I'm a woman. Enough. I've had enough. So when a situation arose this week, I had to be honest. At first, I was, you know, I was like, well, this is what I, this is what I got to do. Like, you know, and I was pissed. I was pissed, you know, and again, getting in agreement with myself, I was like, who are you pissed at? You know, this person, this is their, this is what they do. So who are you pissed at? You know, as my dad, his new phrase, why are you burning these calories? You know, why are you wasting them? You want to burn calories, burn it on you, not somebody else. So I had to take a step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do that. I can do my part, but I'm not going to be able to do anybody else's part. I'm just not going to do it. You know, so, and it took a lot for me. It takes a lot to learn and stand behind the word no. It's one of the most powerful words on the planet. And it takes a lot of strength. A lot of spiritual strength. A lot of a lot of that on your shoulders just to stand behind your no. But women, we have to do that. We do have to do that. For ourselves. You know, you have to do it for your mental stability. Or else you're gonna find yourself getting to this place. <laughs> You know, well, I am and, you know, trying to figure that out. And then it's like, why are you acting like that? I should have done this before. Now people are have gotten right with it. You know, they understand it. It's not me being, you know, um, evil or anything like that. It's just me taking me back. It's me saying I am important too. And if you can fix your face to ask me to shoulder anything for you. When that time comes for me, I better not hear a, "Mm, not going to be able to do that. No. Because there are going to be times I'm going to need that. These are my kindred sisters. This is where they come into play because these are the women in my life. Like I said, my group is small. These are the women in my life when my shoulders are not capable when they are epically failing, (laughs) these are the women who will see it. I swear they can sniff it out before I even tell them. 
and be like, I got you. What you need? They don't even know what I need. They just know I need something and they got me. And if they don't, well, we're going to get the group together. They can't get it all. Well, as a group, we got you. This is why my group is small, because this is the, the only kind of women I want in my life. So I know not to, I know whatever I need shouldering, it has to be important because they got their own stuff on their shoulders. So it's not for me to put anything new on their shoulders. You have to be able to shoulder your own things. That's what growth, that's how, that's how growth happens, right? Um, and people don't understand that. If you don't go through these things, if you don't go through moments where it, of hard times, you're never going to learn anything and you're never going to grow. And life is not, life sucks. Life sucks sometimes. It just sucks, you know, but you have to figure out how to make it sweet. You know, my favorite metaphor, uh, you know, it sounds really simple. Um, I love Sour Patch Kids <laughs> and Sour Patch Kids uh, remind me of life. And for me, your life's growth is like a Sour Patch Kid. Sometimes it's sour, sometimes it's sweet, right? And in the beginning, when you pop that Sour Patch Kid in your mouth, that jammy is sour and you make that face and it's like, oh, ooh, ooh. you love it though. You love it though, right? And then you get to the sweet part. Well, that's pretty much how it is. You know, it's like a lot of your life lessons come from your sour moments. You know, a lot of the, the sweetness in your life come from sour moments, lessons learned. And if I am always shouldering all of your sour, you're never going to learn anything. So I got to stop doing that. We as women have to stop allowing this narrative to be who we are, who society tells us we are. And if we are not shouldering everything, we're not, we're not strong women. We're weak. We're whatever, you know, no, I, today I just am not able to do it. The reservoir is dry, you know, state, we are going through a drought. We have no water in our reservoir. We have no water. You can't have any water. Then a torrential rainstorm comes and that reservoir is overflowing. Residents, you have water. That's it. I cannot give you what I don't have. But I need to stop doing that. I need to stop depleting myself just so you can be good. Because in the end, it does nothing for me. It leaves nothing for me. Can't give you love if I don't have love of, you know, for myself. So I had to start loving myself enough to use the word no. I had to start loving myself enough to allow my spiritual shoulders to match my physical shoulders. And some days, these days, they are stronger than everything. And then some days they're not. Some days I just epically fail and it's okay. It is okay. I will end this podcast as I end every podcast. 
Every day, my lovelies, aspire to inspire.